Beethoven Orchestraville. Orchestraville? Where's that? You change, you change four score and seven to, to 87? A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. I don't blame them for dyeing your hair, I said, but they waited too long to embalm it. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Baccarello. Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning into episode 77 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Well, it's Father's Day, and I miss my dad very much. He's been gone two and a half years now, leaving us with this magnificent record collection. The trumpet was the biggest musical connection I had with my dad. And I know this is the kind of record he probably pulled out very often. So, get ready for seven more trumpet players I have yet to introduce you to in Volume 77, Trumpets for Father's Day.
And we start with Randy Brooks and his orchestra, The Man with the Horn, featuring Randy Brooks on trumpet. Music by Jack Jenny and Bonnie Lake with lyrics by Eddie DeLange. It was first performed by Boyd Rayburn and his orchestra in 1946, and the version you just heard was published as part of a compilation on July 14, 1947. Randy Brooks first learned to play the golden trumpet at the age of six and showed great promise while still a child. At the age of 11, he appeared on the air with Rudy Valley and toured with him for two years, leaving only because he had to return to high school. Coming to New York at the age of 17, he quickly found employment with Ruby Newman and toured South America with the band. Upon his return a year later, he worked with Hal Kemp and later Claude Thornhill. From there, he joined Les Brown, with whom he received acclaim for his brilliant trumpet style. Later, he formed his own band and enjoyed even greater fame for his resourceful solos. Later, he and his wife, Ina Ray Hutton, led their own band together. Randy's rendition of The Man with the Horn exemplifies the sensitive phrasing and vivid style of The Man with the Golden Trumpet. Now, I am using the liner notes from the back cover of the album to introduce each musician instead of one big bio in the middle of the episode. Okay, why this album for this episode? Well, when you play, you are naturally attracted to good performers on your chosen instrument. And since both my dad and I played trumpet, we often got into conversations about the horn and the great players who performed on it. I was able to take him to the Maynard Ferguson show at Perry High School in 1984, where I got to introduce my idol on stage. He and I saw Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass together at the Blossom Music Center, and we saw other great horn players during the many big band brunches sponsored by the radio station I worked for. The Statler Office Tower had a great big ballroom, and that's where either Harry Hershey and the WBBG Big Band or other big-name bands on tour would perform every Sunday. We even got my dad to perform with us at halftime one year with the alumni band at our high school homecoming. Now, it would end up being the last alumni band performance my mom would ever see. And that's why it's Trumpets for Father's Day.
Jimmy McPartland and his jazz band with Singing the Blues Till My Daddy Comes Home, featuring Jimmy McPartland on trumpet. It was written by Con Conrad, Sam Lewis, J. Russell Robinson, and Joe Young. It was first released August 26, 1920 by Nora Bays. This version was published in 1950. Jimmy McPartland is a cornet player of whom his fans never tire. Jimmy and his orchestra played with tremendous success in the 1930s. Those who remember the Offbeat Club in Chicago still talk of McPartland with something like rapture. His group was prominently featured in Decca's Chicago Jazz Album, which presented an all-star personnel. Jimmy McPartland's recording of Singin' the Blues is a worthy match to Sugar in Jazz Me Blues, which appeared on the album just mentioned. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's vinyl I have chosen for this episode. Various artists, Man with a Horn, trumpet solos by famous jazz men. It's on the DECA label, number DL8250. It's a vinyl LP promo mono format, which was released in 1954. Its genre is jazz, and its style is big band, ragtime, Dixieland, and swing. And this album was actually a collection by the same name released in 1950, which was a box set of three seven-inch vinyl 45 RPM mono records, and it only consisted of six songs. The release we are listening to now has 12 songs on it, and we will listen to seven of them, again, keeping with the theme of sevens for this episode. Now, the liner notes are short and interesting. To the jazz fan, record collector, and musician, there is only one instrument that can rightfully be called the horn. On hearing a superb solo, whether the instrument being played was trumpet, trombone, or saxophone, listeners have often exclaimed, man, he blows fine horn. But in reality, the horn is the trumpet. Considered to be the most colorful of modern musical instruments, the trumpet has a wide range and tremendous flexibility. Depending on the performer, the music itself, and the particular interpretations, the trumpet can be loud and blaring, exciting, attention-getting, and raucous, but it can also be soft and sweet and velvet-like. It has been said that the music of the trumpet truly comes from the heart, for in playing position, it is held closest to the heart. As far as the music on this long play record is concerned, the statement holds true. For each of these solos by America's greatest jazzmen is truly inspiring. Okay, let's see what prices this album is selling for on Discogs.com. Well, we can't because it's never been sold on Discogs and only five people have it in their collection and I'm one of them. I could only find the 45 RPM collection that I mentioned on Amazon and other sites. I did, however, find a copy of this one on eBay and they wanted $26 for it. Uh, I also found one from another country that had cool cover art kind of taken from part of the cover art on the back cover of this album and was really expanded, really cool, different one that was released from the one in the USA. Now, my dad's record is in good condition. It's pretty clean, although there are some small scratches from just the action of using it on that automatic changer or taking the record in and out of the cover, by the way, which is in good shape. There's a little tear on one corner on the edge. So overall, I will value my dad's record at 
$2, since so few people have it. Okay, next up, one from Muggsy and another from Bunny. Spinning my dad's vinyl. Thank you. 
Bunny Berrigan and his Blue Boys, You Took Advantage of Me, featuring Bunny Berrigan on trumpet, written by Richard Rogers. It was first recorded by Paul Whiteman and his orchestra, July of 1928. The version you just heard was published December 13, 1935. Bunny Berrigan was one of those who helped transform popular ballads through jazz, swing, blues, and bebop. Bunny was born in Wisconsin and played with college groups at the University of Wisconsin. There he was discovered by Hal Kemp. He played with Goodman, the Dorseys, and other well-known jazz orchestras until 1937 when he organized his own band. Bunny's style is rich and ripe. He gets started immediately and keeps his hearers taut and tense until the last note. Berrigan died in New York at the Polyclinic Hospital in 1942. And before Bunny, we heard Muggsy Spanier and his ragtimers with Hesitating Blues, a traditional tune, meaning no known composer. It was first recorded on October 21st, 1915 by Prince's Band and was released in February 1916. The Muggsy Spanier version was published on January 2nd, 1942. Muggsy Spanier, although a native of Chicago, is in the New Orleans tradition, inspired primarily by King Oliver and Tommy Lednier. He soon turned to Louis Armstrong's style of 1922 through 1926. No other player of that period has come closer to the Armstrong style. Having a fat, warm, rich tone, his playing is also imbued with a tremendous rhythmic beat. A sensitive soloist and fond of mute, he kept to his style even when playing with name bands. The same style typified his own ragtimers. Muggsy at all times clearly demonstrates the living vitality of the style assimilated from the New Orleans musicians. His intense, forceful drive keeps going straight ahead. There are no sensational sideshows. Hesitating blues is typical of Muggsy's New Orleans ensemble style. Next up... Ah, the memories.
Glenn Gray and the Casaloma Orchestra with Memories of You, written by Yubi Blake and Andy Razaf. It was first recorded on August 29, 1930 by Ethel Waters. The version you just heard was published on December 1, 1937, and it featured Sonny Dunham. Sonny Dunham was born in Brockton, Massachusetts in 1912, the same year that a college professor, Woodrow Wilson, was elected president. Sonny played with, as well as on, brass instruments as a child, and he was still a youth when he came to New York. Soon he was part of Glenn Gray's famous Casaloma Orchestra in the trombone section. In late 1940, Dunham decided to leave the Casaloma Orchestra to lead his own band, where he became one of the most progressive of band leaders. His band played hot as well as sweet, fast as well as slow, exciting as well as suave. Although Sonny began with the trombone, he learned the trumpet with ease. Today he is acknowledged as a remarkable master of both instruments. Time now for this episode's interesting side note, and I get to talk about the trumpet. Now, if you're a fan of the show, you know I talk about the trumpet my dad and I shared. And if you're watching the video version of this show, you can see it in my hands. My dad bought this in 1953. Actually, his mom bought it. How do I know? Because my dad kept the receipt and gave it to me. He kept receipts for everything. He was a good accountant that way. He paid $304 for it, about $1,500 in today's money. After a trade-in on his old horn and a $150 deposit, it was his after only 10 more payments of $8.43 on this old's recording. And it was his. So let me describe the horn and the hand-engraved bell. Yes, it is a normal trumpet. But one of the features of this horn was it was one of the last hand-engraved bells from the Olds Recording Company in California. So that right away made it a little extra valuable. Uh, and it really has an interesting story because after my dad used it and he got married and had kids, he kind of had put the trumpet up in the attic. And every once in a while, he would pull it down when I was very young and I'd take a look at it. But the problem was he couldn't play it because the third valve was frozen shut and nobody was playing it. So he decided not to do anything about it. Well, when I came from uh, Catholic school to public school and the decision had to be made whether I wanted to play an instrument in band or sing in choir, it was easy. I was going to play an instrument. But which one? That's when my dad brought it down out of the attic, went to the repair shop, and had that third valve repaired so now it works just fine. And that's when I started playing in junior high school. And in high school, I played the uh, horn for a year at Kent State Marching Band. And now I play it every year in our alumni band. Um, it was refurbished twice in my lifetime. My dad actually went out and had the horn refurbished. Otherwise, it would probably be uh, a mess as far almost a rusty mess uh, if he hadn't done that a couple times. And I also have a current value of the horn is about $1,500, maybe a little bit more because that estimate is from 2009. Um, as you can see, this horn is how it connects my dad and me. And it means the world to me. I just wish I was any good at playing it. I mean, I hold my own in a marching band, but being on stage playing solos like this would have been really special. 
Andy Kirk and his orchestra with McGee Special, written by and featuring Howard McGee. That was released July 14th, 1942. Now, this was the first of two songs that were not on that original Deca 45 RPM release uh, of this compilation. And now back to the featured trumpet on that song. Howard McGee is one of those trumpeters who followed Louis Armstrong in mastery of the trumpet. Like Armstrong, McGee explores the full powers of the trumpet. His style is particularly brilliant in the higher register, and although he often reminds the listener of his famous model, he has a way which is definitely his own. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. More trumpet players than you can shake a stick at. And there were plenty more good ones on this album, including a couple you've heard on on past shows and one that you will be hearing on a future show, so I didn't play them. And the memories this trumpet brings back of my dad, myself, and this musical connection. Cheers, Dad. I wish you were still around to listen to your records together. Mendez with Hora Staccato, 
composed and originally performed by Joshua Heifetz and Grigoris Dinicu in 1906. Now, they're both violin players, so the tune was composed for violin. And I caught a YouTube video of Heifetz playing the song. One commenter there said, quote, As someone who just started staccato practice yesterday, I watched this, watched again, shuddered, discarded my violin, and fled. <laughs> Unquote. You should see that uh, video. I'll pop the uh, YouTube link in the show notes. The version you just heard was recorded on June 24th, 1946. Ralph Mendez was born in Mexico and was already achieving fame at the age of six when he traveled around with his family, all of whom, whom were musical. When he came to the United States to study, his teachers were astounded. The great cornetist Herbert L. Clark heard him play one selection and exclaimed, my boy, I should be taking lessons from you. Mendez, nevertheless, had considerable difficulty in establishing himself. There was a time when he gave up music and worked in a factory. However, his persistence as well as his genius was finally recognized, and he was ranked with such virtuosos as Joshua Heifetz and Fritz Kreisler. The eminent band leader Edwin Franco Goldman paid him this tribute. Without fear of contradiction, I can say that Ralph Mendez is the greatest trumpeter in the world today. And there you have selected solos by famous jazz men. So thanks for tuning in to Volume 77, Trumpets for Father's Day, however you did. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for a 78 RPM Sunday with Volume 78, Berlin's Blue Skies. Until then, go with the flow, my friends.